It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today's episode is sponsored by TK Horses. You can find out more information on them by searching TK Horses on Facebook or Instagram. We are super grateful to have them as a sponsor and we appreciate all of the previous sponsors that we have had. Um, Like I've mentioned in the past couple intros, we are going to change up the way that we do sponsorships. This year we are looking for people who want to sponsor the podcast year-round. So if you or somebody you know is interested in being a yearly sponsor, please send me an email and I can answer any questions you might have about that. My email is cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, let's dive right in. Today's episode is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. I had the opportunity to sit down and visit with Tabor Dahl. He and his wife Katie are close family friends and... I actually used to babysit their girls when they lived in Utah, so it was fun to go out to Nevada and to see the new place that they're on and to kind of reconnect with them and hear more about Tabor's story. I hope you enjoy. again for agreeing to oh, you do bet. this. I'm um, excited. Do you mind introducing yourself really quick and just telling us a little bit about you? No, I'm Tabor Dahl. I grew up in Elko County, Nevada. I, um, I think that it was a great, great place to grow up. The I think I took it for granted a lot, just how how great it was. Because I just thought every kid in the world had that, you know, to be able to have a lot of space to roam and go ride horses. And we lived. Uh, my dad is a silversmith, bit and spur maker, and uh, we lived just down the road from my grandparents' ranch. And so we were always, always going to their place. And I loved working with my grandpa on the ranch. And um, it was a great way to grow up. We, we always had horses to ride. And, and we'd... That's not going to work. It's okay. <laughs> we would... Uh, my parents had some cows and my, my grandparents had... A lot of cows and just helping helping them on the ranch. That's what I loved and I was always interested in in that life and then also in being a silversmith like my dad. And 
It, uh, a lot of good hands around there, really in, in cowboy country. So was your grandpa really the first person that you helped? Uh, probably my parents, because they had some cows, and and when when we were pretty little, we we would um, tell those cows to oh we'd go past Deeth a few miles. I'm not sure how many miles it is, but there was some family pasture there that belonged to my mom's family. And we'd trail those cows there, and uh, it it was so. That was my first cowboy, and that I did was, was for my parents, and then helping Grandpa on his ranch, and he just he really made you feel important. Like we would we'd go to the old. Quillacy store in Wells. It was there on on Front Street, where the where the railroad is. And um, he'd introduce me and my older brother to everybody. He'd say, "This is my number one cowboy." That was my older brother, and the, <laughs> and my number two cowboy. <laughs> and and uh, and then when he, my older brother Enoch was going to school. Um, in town, I was still being homeschooled, and so I'd help Grandpa more. And so then I was the number one cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, he just he always made you feel important. And he, we would go out on that winter range, wintered cows in Independence Valley, um, and around uh, Tobar Flat. And he would drop me off and say, you know, this was just kind of like on Tobar Flats, kind of south of Wells in the winter. You know, there's a lot of deep snow. And he'd put me on, you know, help me get on my horse. And he'd say, okay, now just take these cows and take them down the road to that well. And I'm going to go start the well. Then I'm going to go down here. And and I'd kind of understand what he wanted. <laughs> And I'd go and, I, and I'd, I'd be by myself and I'd think like, oh, is this, is this right? You know, is this the right direction? And kind of question like if I was going the right way. I wasn't really lost. Mm-hmm. So I knew where it was. But I guess I was mostly concerned about messing up. And and then get up to the well and he'd be there and he'd made his circle. And, but he just, he really gave me a lot of trust. And... Um, I think it was really, really good for me that I knew I just needed to, he was expecting that to be done. And that was kind of like, um, failure wasn't an option. <laughs> I, I really wanted to please him too. Mm-hmm. So. Would good. you say that was one of the biggest things that you learned from him? Oh, uh, he, he was just. An incredible man. Um, still, he's he passed away in in 2002, and still I go places and, and people say, "Well, how are you? How are you related to Harvey Dahl?" And they'll tell me stories about him, and I 
I learned a lot from him, but but that is a, a big thing that he uh, he made you feel like you could do anything, and really empowered empowered us, and um, kind of make you feel like you were the best. Like a, a friend of mine that's. Um, been a mentor to me told me one time about my grandpa that he said that Harvey would always make you feel like you were doing better than you were (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's true it's Mm. like he had that effect on people people were drawn to him I think because of that he was just positive and did a lot for you that's cool yeah he he would um, buy horses for uh, me and my brother to ride for him. Like he, um, they'd either be green horses or like they'd been started with just green, and we would put miles on them, or else he'd get horses for us to start. And um, just was. Um, do a lot to empower us to help teach us was your dad there with you through a lot of that or were you just with your grandpa a lot of the time um it depended on what we were doing like my my dad was really busy um working to be a a silversmith and so like when we would when we trail cows um, my older brother and I do a lot of that. Like my dad might help us get started, like get us down to the county road, and he'd be like, "Okay, you boys, take these." He'd go back and work in his shop, and just several miles where we'd go, and we'd get there, turn around, start riding home, and then he'd come with the truck and trailer and pick us up. But that was like when we'd brand, he would be there, and when we'd when we'd sell calves, he'd be there. But out on that, out on that range, uh, my my grandpa was partnered with my uncle Demar on a lot of that, and and so my my dad wasn't really involved. We were just going to help him. And later, like more when I was um, in high school, and I guess before some too, my. My parents were kind of partnered with my grandparents. Um, my grandpa had the idea. He knew he was getting older, and he, I think he saw my dad, who was really capable, and then me and my two brothers. And he said that if we would do a lot of the work, that we could run cows with them in exchange for helping with his cows. And so we would trail... Like he had that Morgan Hill allotment, and so we would we'd trail cows out there. It was a long ways from the ranch headquarters, and we would. Uh, I remember my dad helping with that, and I have some good memories of that. My dad taught me a lot about trailing pears, and uh, I remember it was on some of those drives where he. 
Yeah, just really taught me about keeping them mothered up and about, like he'd say, you know, let, let that cow stop and nurse that calf along the way to give that calf some energy while we were trailing. It is a lot of miles. And, and then he pointed out, I remember, I can still picture where we were at on the, along that road. And he said, you know, if that calf gets a chance to nurse there, then if they do get separated, it'll only come back as far as there. And I was like, is a, it was one of those moments where it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a good deal. And I still think about that. You know, I've, I've talked to my kids about that and other kids that worked with me about, um, some of those things I learned really early that are true, true good principles that, uh, even though my dad's a bit in spur maker, um, professionally, he's, he's a really good hand and, and uh, did a lot of ranching before he was a bit in spur maker. And so I learned a lot, um, on those, on those drives. And those, those, that was a really good time. Like when they had that arrangement with my grandparents, because we, we spent like, spent more time, um, working with, I guess my dad was more involved with that arrangement and, and then we did a lot with my grandpa. And I've thought about it some near since, like how I, it would be fun to go back now, like with the age that I am now and, and like where my grandpa was then and my dad. And I just think like it'd be fun to go and, and uh, which of course is silly to, you know, like that's, that's a process of growing up, but, but to go work with those guys as an adult would be good. And so I, I really appreciate those times. Like my dad will come down to this ranch and help us brand. And, and like when we lived in Boulder, Utah, he'd help brand and then help put cows on the mountain and do that. And I, I, I like that, but I'd like to be able to do that with my grandpa too. Yeah. Did you picture yourself staying around Elko then, growing up and loving that? Or did you always want to branch out? I always wanted to stay there. That was my plan. I I saw that my dad had done that. Both both my parents were raised in Star Valley. They they both had both their families ranched there. And I just thought that's what I'd do, you know, just maybe move a little further down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I always, I always wanted to be a cowboy and a bit and spur maker, and I was going to be the one that that stayed there. And it's funny how life just takes you different directions. I, I feel like I kind of had conflicting feelings because I always, always was interested in going and riding in a new country but I always wanted to stay there <laughs> and can't really do both. And so I guess it's just how it worked out, but I have a lot of good, good experiences there. So where was the first place you worked 
um, outside of the family deal. So I, I day worked. Well, first of all, I, I just went along to help Craig Spratling neighbors just down the road and, and they had kids uh, about my age like their son is a year older than me and we were really good friends and then their daughter is a couple of years younger than me and we were good friends and so I think I, at first I was kind of just invited along because I was friends and but I was really into it you know like we were branding calves and I just I really hustled to um, you know, try to be good help. And I, and I think a lot of that was because of how I was raised with, you know, my, my parents taught me that for sure. But also always wanting to impress my grandpa gave me that hustle, you know, where I wanted to do that. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, Craig and Gene Spratling, they're just, they were really fair. I didn't, I didn't go too many times where they started paying me. They, they, I think they saw some potential, <laughs> and and that, like I said, they're just fair. They they wanted to make sure it was worth it, and, and I did a lot of day work for them when I was in high school, and it was a great arrangement. I could ride to their house, and uh, those early mornings when we'd be going out to ride on their range, they'd actually come up on the county road to where like the the end of my parents' lane is close to where road forks, the county road forks, to go to their place. And so it was a pretty good place to turn our trailer around. So they'd come up and meet me there. <laughs> and uh, my brother Enoch was, was day working for them. And so the two of us would go down and, and uh, meet them at the, called it the Y, where the road would Y. And, and then... Our second cousins that were a little further up the road would day work there too. So they'd go pick them up and pick us up. And, and uh, it was it was really a great, great opportunity. They have really good cows and really good country. Uh, Craig is a really good manager. I've learned a lot from him about about uh, having good cows and and taking care of your country their fences are always good and um, we'd brand we'd they had a lot of cows I got a lot of practice roping and and then uh, from there I branched out I day work for Jared Sorensen some in secret pass which was a little further away. Um, I I drove there and hauled horses, and then sometimes I'd day work for them and ride their horses just because I kind of had a hard time sometimes getting a horse, you know, where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, then... From there, just kind of got further and further from home. (laughs) (laughs) Does any memory in particular stand out to you from helping those guys closer to home? How I... 
think it's uh, just a lot of a lot of good memories. Um, when I was a little older, um, yeah, I'd, I'd been day working for Craig quite a bit, and I was I was in high school by that point. And the way he would kind of do that, like those those young men in the valley. He would hire them to to ride for him, and then as they got older, he'd have them work on his hay crew. And so he talked to me about working on his hay crew, and by that point, I I had been to stay with Brian Newbert to learn how to start horses. And I'd, I'd gone to California and, and stayed with his family, and I had some client horses, and I was I was really interested in training horses, and not at all interested in driving a tractor. <laughs> and so when he talked to me about being on the hay crew, I remember feeling really um, really conflicted because I just thought the world of him. You know, he's a real mentor to me and had a lot of admir just really admired him and and I didn't want to disappoint him but I I said, I, I don't want to put up hay, I don't, I want to ride. I've got these horses. Mm-hmm. And he said, Well that's that's okay. I and I can't remember if it was in that same conversation or if it was later. I think it might have been a little late, like a day or two later. He kinda of thought about it and he said, Well if you want to ride then I'll just have you go out, ride on the range, and we'll stay and put up hay. You know, he and there's the hay crew. And I'd take a couple of horses and take their their truck and trailer out. And I had a great time. I just, I, and I'd work really hard. I would go up, it's called Burnt Creek, and at that time, the the sagebrush on it was really tall, just you know, over your head when you're on a horse, and thick, and and those cows had that kind of figured out. And the deal on that was, you know, the cows would come down on that creek and not really leave. And there are a lot of side canyons that that had a lot of good feed in them, and and water. But the cows are just going to be lazy, you know, down on the bottom like cows are. And, and so he wanted me to pick those cows up and take them up those different canyons. And then also make sure that there's um, an appropriate number of bulls, you know, have the, not have all the bulls congregated in one canyon. And, and uh, it was a lot of work by myself like to get those cows up out of that brush and then once you got up there a ways up that valley then it wasn't so bad but I remember just being a lot of work and I had worked with Brian Newbert and he had taught me a lot about pressure and release you know and when they're doing the right thing make it make it good for them with horses and I remember just, I wanted those cows on the road so I could trail them on up the valley. And so I would whoop around through that brush and just 
you know, get them all on the road and then I'd really back off. And I was just out there by myself and, and it was before I, I started working dogs. Dogs would have been really handy in that <laughs> situation. Um, but I, I, I guess I was the dog <laughs> and I had those colts that needed to be ridden. And so it was good. I'd take a couple of horses and it was good for them, but I would, I really enjoyed kind of training those cows to get to that road and then I'd back off. And I remember riding along behind them and they'd start to look off the road and I'd whoop at them and they'd just turn back in. Because <laughs> when they were out in the brush, I'd run around and it was hard. It was a lot worse for me than them, you know. I was getting beat up in that tall brush, but I tried to make it pretty hard on them. And I I couldn't drive. You know, I'd unload and I'd ride quite a ways to where I started. And so I'd pack, I'd pack like pork and beans on my saddle, just in a, like I'd cut pant leg off, you know, tie that behind my cannel. And I'd, I'd get up, this canyon is called Mine Canyon. And there was this little grassy spot like where the canyon was pretty narrow. I'd get the cows past that, and then I'd stop there, and I'd take a break and eat my lunch. <laughs> eat eat those cold pork and beans, and and uh, that was such a treat for me. And I don't know if I ever eat pork and beans now that I don't think about that. <laughs> really? Like those days. And I... I had some some adventures out there. One time I was I was going home and the springs broke on the trailer and I was it started to rain and I you know, I'd take their truck and trailer and so I was rummaging like trying to find a chain or something and there wasn't any there wasn't a chain, but I had a jacket. Jack that axle up, and then I wrapped it with barbed wire to hold it up. <laughs> and that I had the tire off, you know, and the axle just had a couple of inches of clearance. And and I I thought at the time I thought like I could just unhook this and, and take the truck home, or I could drive somewhere, and that wasn't very smart because I was a long ways away. <laughs> but I was thinking, well, I don't really want to leave my horse, you know, to take the truck and I so I, I was really determined to try to get that axle off the ground and it was just a couple inches on and I thought well Clarence is Clarence like it's it's off the ground <laughs> so I started limping home and, and that road was pretty greasy and I was just about to their place and I met Jean Spratley and she was coming to look for me because I, I was overdue and and then uh Another time, it was it was the day after my 18th birthday. I had been out riding on their range, and I stopped in Deeth to get the mail, as that's where the post office is. And it was a a diesel Ford pickup, just a you know single cab pickup, and then a bumper pull trailer. And I stopped to get the mail. And I was driving along that dirt road, and this bumblebee, it was like as big as my fist, it seemed like, 
came in the, the window of the pickup, and it was just buzzing right in my face. <laughs> and I started swatting at that, you know, trying to get that out of there. And I kind of drifted off the road, and I looked up, you know, and I and then, then there was a turn. And it probably wouldn't have been that big a deal. I just eased into the turn. Well, that trailer popped off the ball, and it rolled... Uh, completely over. It rolled once and then landed on its side. So it's that's going pretty fast. And luckily it was a, a horse of mine. It wasn't a client horse, but it was a horse I'd done a lot of work with. And um, I taught him to lay down. And so I got in there and, and he was trying to stand up, but I got him to lay down, got my saddle off, and then got him out. And Freddie Garrett, he was our neighbor, he came along about then and offered to haul that horse. And I was really nervous about going to tell Craig about rolling that trailer. And I drove up the road, I went out in the field where he was cutting hay, and told him what happened. And he, uh, we went down and tipped it, we pulled it up on its wheels with the pickup. And the top was pretty smashed, but he was nervous. Like he felt bad about that happening to my horse. He said that that the bumper on that truck was a piece of channel iron that they had welded a a ball onto, and that was the I think the fifth truck that that bumper had been on. And they would use it to pull a little grain trailer. That didn't exactly fit that ball, and I looked at that. Like, that wasn't really a ball; it was kind of a cone. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of no wonder it popped off. <laughs> but I felt I still felt really bad, yeah. you know, like I knew it was my fault, and so I told him I wanted to work on that trailer. So I cut the top off of it, took it home, and cut the top off, and uh, it, you know, it was an open top trailer. But the rest of the trailer was fine. The top was kind of smashed. <laughs> and my horse was fine. He had a, a, a few cuts. Gosh. It was pretty hard on my saddle horn and on my cannel. So it was tipped on his side and you got him to get up and walk. Yeah, I got him down first to take my saddle off because it, it was a pretty narrow trailer. And so when I when I went to the trailer, he was trying to stand up, but on the mm. side of the trailer... And it, that wasn't helping my saddle at all. Yeah. It wasn't very good. And so I got him laid down, got my saddle off, and then he he got out a lot easier then. Huh. And, and I was really surprised when Freddie stopped there and offered to help. That horse just jumped in his trailer. And I, <laughs> I didn't know if he'd load again. I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, those were, I think, some experiences that show... Uh, well, it's just memories, but also Craig's patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sending a kid out there to do that. But a lot of good times out there. Who were some of the people that you looked up to and kind of learned from as you have traveled around to everywhere you've been? Well, it's I've been really fortunate. I have. I ought to be a lot better hand. I've worked around some of the best hands. <laughs> you know, I I really I've really been fortunate the people I've worked around. Like 
you know, my grandpa was really a good hand. He was roping calves to Brandon in his 80s, you know. And, and uh, my uncle DeMar is really a good hand. My dad. I mean, those guys, one thing about my uncles, they're just fearless, you know. And I remember branding with those guys and... I just, like, you better not show any weakness. They just, <laughs> they were, they were tough. You know, like the, my my uncles and my dad all rode bucking horses and rodeos and did it all. And, and the good, like my, and my uncle Joe was really a good hand. I went and stayed with him. He was managing the Smith Creek Ranch outside Austin, Nevada. When I was in high school, I went and stayed with them for a little while. Uh, with my cousin Harvey is is his son. We had a really good time. We were riding some green horses there, and, and um, just visiting with Joe about some of the stuff he did. Like he was telling a story about how um, well, he told the story. Like that, somebody was watching him, and it was like a kid or somebody that said how they loved how he'd ride around the cow, and then it would lay down. And he said, "What well, they don't like, they didn't know he had it roped, you know, like he was wrapping <laughs> it up." And I had never seen anybody do that, but because of that story, I tried it, you know, like, well, I I want to be able to do that, and that's still pretty much how I lay stuff down when I'm by myself. You know, just wrap them up in the rope and. And that was from just Joe telling a story. <laughs> and he's a he's a heck of a horseman. And when I was day working, like in Star Valley, uh, so I remember I was about 12, and I met Shane Ritchie. And he, he uh, worked on different ranches around... Elko County. He's originally from Wyoming. And um, he's just always nice to me and taught me a lot. And Jerry Souza, I day worked around him. And Freddie Garrett, he's a really good roper. He he taught me some things about roping because he'd, he'd go help Spratling's brand and he gave me some pointers about running my rope. And, and but I was just, I was really fortunate when I was in high school. I, well, I guess it was before high school. I started a horse and he was a pretty tough horse to start. He bucked me off a lot. He was just, and my dad was helping me. But I appreciate my dad's wisdom. He, uh, in his humility, like he said, he knew I was really into starting horses and wanted to do that. But, he said he knew that there was a better way, but he said, I don't know it. And he talked to Brian Newbert about me going and staying with them. So when I was 15, I went and stayed with them for a few weeks in Alturas. And that just really changed my life, like with with uh, training horses. And that's, that's just cool. such a great family. You know, they're all really good hands. And I remember Luke... 
was 10 when I was there, his, his youngest son. And shoot, like Luke and Kate and Jim are his kids, and they're just, they're such well-known hands now. And it was just such a great opportunity to be around them. And then over the years, I've had the chance to go to his clinics, and I just, he's just a hero and, and friend. That concludes part one of my interview with Tabor Dahl. Stay tuned for part two coming out in two weeks. Also, if you like what you're listening to, please leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you know somebody who would be a good candidate for the show, please send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, to put a face behind the name of everybody we have been visiting with, check out our Instagram page at cowboystories underscore podcast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 